They start to fan out, coming off a two. They're side by side down the back straight away. It's a two four white flag in the air. Checkers and wreckers. Anybody's races they go down to turn number one. They fan out two by two, three wide coming off the turn number two. They get sideways down the back straightaway. Someone breaks loose to the top, trying to make the run up on the high side. Going to do it the hard way around. Coming around four. There's still two by two. Three cars drop back. It's one car coming out sideways. Two's on the inside. Coming to the line. It's anybody's race. Inside Florida race. Inside Florida racing. 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 All right, and we're back. That's right. Uh, a couple weeks off. Uh, you're back listening to Inside Florida Racing. You got me, um, Rob Elting, a.k.a. Bonehead. Um, that name for uh, many reasons, as I've been uh, told. Uh, tonight, uh, it's me and Jack in the house doing it by ourselves. CeCe Brooks is being flooded out by... Uh, she has a leak. A leak. She has a leak. Nothing like having a leak. So, uh, tonight's show, got a good show here. Uh Full of uh, drivers and uh, controversy and everything else. But, of course, uh, you give Jack two weeks. There's no telling what he can come up with. I had a concussion, man. I had to get over a concussion. Concussion? What happened? I whacked myself in the head. Knocked myself out. Had a concussion. <laughs> For real. That's How? why we had to take a vacation. How? I didn't tell you guys that. No, you didn't tell me nothing. <laughs> it's like everywhere else I go. Nobody I had to have me. my head examined dropped. So what did they find? What did you whack yourself with? It's a long story. It involved. Your uh, mic went out there at the end. Really? Did it? Yeah. So you were chasing the dog around and you ran into something? Yeah. I got hit in the head hard by a door knocked me out. <laughs> uh, well, uh, tonight. Anyway. Anyway. I'm going to go over the guests that we're going to have on tonight. One will be from the uh, UDLMCS, the United Dirt Late Mile Challenge Series. Mark Whitener, who actually won. Um, their big 50-lapper there at uh, North Florida Speedway in Lake City. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Mark, and uh, we're going to talk to Ken Kenny probably first, so he's going to tell us about what happened there at the race. Um, then we're going to have uh, Joe. How do you say this? you got to help me. Lee Wendowski. Lee Wendowski. There you go. He's going to be on tonight. Um, the infamous who's disappeared for a couple years, uh, B.J. McLeod. Um, we're going to talk about him tonight with him, <laughs> find out where he's been, what he's been doing, what's he's got going on. And, got an uh, announcement to make, I believe. Yeah. Is he going to be racing again? That's the big question. Um, speaking of racing, Jeremy Colangelo, um, he's winning and running great in two different series. He's either first or second in two series or something like that. He's, Jeremy he's Colangelo. first or second in two, three series. Yeah, he's not playing around, but we're going to find out his story. Uh, we've talked to him before. We're uh, rechecking with him to see uh, how he's been doing, how many wins he's had since we talked to him last. Um, sprint cars, um, a small situation with sprint cars, and uh, we're going to figure out uh, where these wingless sprint cars actually came from. And a huge success uh, in the uh, the dirt uh, sprint cars this week between Ocala and uh, Volusia, that big deal that we had talked about for weeks. Yes, and yeah. Superstar. Yeah. I, heard, I saw Superstar's name in there, Gene Lasker. There's only one Superstar, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one Gene Lasker. There's a lot of Superstars self-proclaimed out there. But I uh, saw Gene Lasker won one of the nights. And uh, who won the other night? 
Brandon Gone. Brandon Gone. We're going to talk to Brandon Gone tonight. Uh, we only have a two-hour show. It's not quite long enough to talk to Gene Lasker. <laughs> We're going to have Gene on it tonight. Yeah, when, we when are. We, when we have plenty of time. I want to talk to Gene, uh, old-time friend from Tampa. And, uh, you know, Gene, he's, I always say, you know, uh, be a self-promoter and have a gig, have a show, have some kind of uh, thing that makes people remember you. And uh, anybody that's ever seen Gene Lasker race, they, they remember that O2 before they went home. Dirt Late Models. Let's get right to it, man. You ready? All right. Let's talk Dirt Late Models United. Dirt Late Model Challenge Three, Series. Three, two, one. Ken, you're on the air. What's up, Ken? Kenny, uh, how you doing? Good. I'm doing real good. I happen to be in Ocala and watch Gene Lasker's performance this weekend, and he he's one and only. He's which good. which was uh, which was uh, more of a performance? His racing performance or his post-race winner circle performance? Yeah, on track or off track? Post-race, no doubt. Post-race. <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Yeah, he doesn't need anybody to talk on the microphone for him, that's for sure. No, he did uh, about eight donuts, and then he did a Kyle Bush bow to the crowd. <laughs> so Mike uh, Peters is going to be on with us later on in the show, and uh, Bren, Bren Goen also. But uh, let's get right to it, man. Tell us about the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series at North Florida Speedway this past weekend? Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the race. I mean, Mark Whitener, you know, he put on a show. He, he did his thing. Uh, Tyler Ivey, you know, went for checkers or wreckers. I mean, he went for it all and, you know, ended up spinning the car in the last lap. But long story short, you know, Tyler battled past Johnny Collins, took him about 25, 30 laps. And, uh, you know, he didn't have very much time to go to, to set sail on, uh, Mark Whitener, but he, uh, you know, he gave it a good run, you know, to go after him. And, uh, of course, Keith Nosbis put on a great show, you know, hung in there. All the guys up front, they did a great job. I mean, I, I had a lot of time to think about and reflect on what went on up there and, you know, what caused any of the, uh, you know, the craziness in the back of the field. And I, and, uh, I was talking to Cowboy, uh, Rob Kohler a little while ago, and what me and Rob came up with is, you know, we've been, we've, we've been racing, uh, the Delaware restart or a side-by-side restart basically the whole year, except on Charlotte on asphalt. You know, every race track we've been going that route, and we went single file up there. And I think going single file the way we did, um, the guys in the back were running over each other because they were they were so far behind. You know, guys are back there in 20th place or half lap down before it starts, and they just created a little bit of a hornet's nest in the back. And we learned a lot from this race. We really did. I, I did, for sure, for next year. You know. But so uh, what are you going to do there? Maybe just let the uh, top ten go in a line and then double up the rest of them? <laughs> no, I, I think just communication a little bit there. <laughs> you know, it's the first time we did it. I think more communication and, and keeping the pace a little slower at the front. I, I think we uh, let the leaders set too fast of a pace, and then they'd uh, – when they did go to slow down, that bottlenecked everybody in the back, or or we've got to do a little better job letting them know when the green's out. You know, um, how many you know, cautions? It, it, uh, how many cautions anyway. were there, Ken? What's that? How many cautions were there? Too many, I can tell you that. We made up for Charlotte, I think, at the <laughs> bottom bowl for two races. <laughs> you got that right. That's for sure. I mean it. But, you know, uh, but the way I judge it, though, you know, last year I went to Cluston twice, you know, when I was doing my little mini deal uh, with the late models. Uh, we had one super show that was horrible at the beginning, and the, the next one, you know, was basically not very many cautions. It was a good race, and this, that's the way it went this year. We went to North Florida the first time. Uh, 
you know, Audrey Lloyd and Shane Williams battled for 35 laps. It was great side-by-side racing. And, you know, this time we went there and, you know, we had a lot of cautions. You know, we didn't, we didn't do as good a job but, as a group, you know. But that being said, I, I have to think that uh, with uh, Tyler Ivey and, uh, and Johnny Collins, uh, if they had been the only two cars on the track, it would have been a good show. I mean, them guys were going at it. Oh, they put on a great show. They did. They were they were the best, the toast of the race. Uh, you know, and there was you know Keith Nosbish and his brother Jackie went out at it for a while until Jackie broke an axle. So there was some other good racing on the track, but there you know, like you said, there was a, you know there was too many cautions. Uh, you know, but you're right. Yeah, Tyler and uh, Johnny put on a good show, and uh, you know, overall, I think everything. You know, it was another night at the racetrack. I mean, you know, sometimes. It's an A plus performance, and sometimes it's a C minus. You know, and yeah. Well, let's. We're going to talk to Mark Whitener here in a little bit, but I want to. Uh, Rob has a question for you, but I, I want to also jump ahead um, as sure. soon as we get off of this thing. As soon as we go through what Rob wants to talk about, let's sure. get right to East Bay Raceway. Rob, go ahead. Well, I, I just want to know. Um, I'm always wanting to know things quicker than what guys can get them up on their website, and uh, sure. I want to know where your points are at, like the top five in your points. Where are they at today? Um, I'm going to tell you, me and Jack were just talking about that. I have not spoken to Kip yet, but I believe uh, coming out of there, you're going to see Collins will still be leading, Whitener second. Uh, I have a feeling Keith Nosvich maybe third, him and Sean right there together. That's probably the top four, and Roger Krause may hold on to the, you know, that may round it out. Um, the way your points... Jackie took a hit. Jackie Nosbitch took a hit again. That guy can't buy a break. I mean, he's up front every race, and he's broken axle. He's had a wreck. He broke, uh, you know, something. He had another mechanical failure. He's had like three or four in a row, so can't buy a break. How many points does uh, the leader gain over second place? Well, we do. We give a 10-point spread, but we give a 20-point spread for the leader. So he, you know, he's got, he gets 20. He gets uh, three points. 310 and then seconds 290 and then it's 280 270 and so on down that's the way we do it so sean lost his second sean must have lost his second place in points and that's what i was wondering yeah he did. Uh, yeah i believe so sean's probably still it's close man I, he may be in third see what i did when i left lake city i drove straight home so i got here about quarter to eight yesterday morning and i've yet to talk to camp but you know i've got it will be figured out tonight and we'll get it posted how many more is left races five to go buddy so yeah so so this weekend coming up is uh, back to brunswick in uh, the united dirt late model challenge series race at uh, brunswick georgia um, but uh, let's jump ahead talk about the east bay raceway because most of the fans listening to this show tonight i guarantee you they're going to be more they're going to be looking for that that deal tell us about what's going to come um, up at east bay yeah i'll tell you straight up it's my personal goal to make East Bay uh, one of the largest car counts of the year, and I want to pack it full of fans. I mean, I think that's one of the best racetracks in the southeast United States, period, bar none, when they've got the track right, and uh, which is most of the time, you know. And uh, I think that the side-by-side racing there is as good as any place I've ever been, uh, you know. And uh, I want to pack the place. I mean, I want... Uh, I'm going to work harder to get the cars there than I've ever had for you fans that are out there. And I, I, if you're going to go to one dirt race the rest of the year, that's the one I want everybody to be at. Is that one at East Bay Raceway Park? That's the 27th of uh, September. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know they've got a lot of big other, you know, other things, other other 
uh, stuff to go along with us planned for that night. I haven't got all the details, but I know they've got quite a bit of other stuff planned. And, you know, I, I want to make that a huge night for the for the race fans and, you know, drivers here in Florida for, for the late mile series, you know. Um, I, I wanted to run one other thing by you guys or sh- throw it out there just so it, it's on the table. There's, there was a lot prior to this race, you know, rumors going around about the motor rules and what I was going to do in the future. And I clarified that up at North Florida Speedway for the drivers, but I'm going to clarify it on here for the fans and uh, any other drivers or people thinking about building a car or listening. I totally plan on leaving our rules virtually the same for next year. Um, if it's not broke, I'm not going to fix it. You know what I mean? I want to make some other areas better. But the rules have been rather good. They've, you know, they've run you know, pretty well together. And, you know, whatever an individual track does or a, uh, you know, another promoter does, you know, that that's for the benefit of them. That's not for the benefit of me or our series or our fans. You know, we're, you know, we're going to be who we are, and, and this is how we started, giving people a little bit of a variety, and it's worked out good for us and the fans and the drivers, and I'm committed to that for next year. And the other thing is my schedule. You know, everybody wants to schedule ahead. Our schedule's virtually uh, done. I'll be done within two weeks. And, um, you know, we may hold out on everybody and, and uh, announce it at our banquet November 22nd. But our schedule is virtually done for next year, and I think it'll be very exciting for the fans and the drivers. Well, that sounds good. I mean, uh, you guys have really stood up and, and brought a great series uh, to the fans and for the drivers. Uh, you've converted uh, a lot of asphalt late model drivers uh, into some uh, great dirt drivers. And, um, you know, I went to the uh, race that you guys had at Charlotte, you know, uh, on the asphalt there. I think you guys brought, um, uh, you know, your, your program to a whole different audience that had never seen them before. And I think that uh, you'll probably see more... Uh, dirt fans there from it and um i think uh i think you got a great series i've been telling you that the whole time you know and i i think as far as a promoter you've done a great job and um you're gonna have a a, a nice uh, banquet here when's this banquet you're gonna have uh november the 22nd at the peabody in orlando uh i want it to be the you know the i want it to be the show for florida when it comes to banquets points awards for florida series or you know, Florida tracks. I want it to be a big deal for everybody in racing. You know, it'll be November 22nd. How, how many uh, drivers are going to be in your points banquet getting things? Um, <clears throat> as far as being awarded, uh, at least the top 15, I'd say 15. And then I, what I'm really, you know, we, we list cash prizes for 10, but I'm going to definitely recognize the top 15. And then, uh, you know, I want to recognize anybody that, you know, was at every one of our races, too. There's a few guys that, you know, they don't make them all, but they go to all of them, and I really want to, you know, do that. But, you know, I can't emphasize enough that it's definitely going to be about these guys, and they're going to get recognized. But this is going to be a mega event in that ballroom at the Peabody to announce next year and the sponsorship for next year and, the you know, the big points deal and where we're going. And, you know, I want it to be a big State of the Union address, really, too. Well, all right. You give any cars away or anything to any drivers? <laughs> this year, we're going to stay within the budget. But uh, <laughs> next year, I don't know where we're going. I mean, we're definitely going to hit different heights for sure. Well, you guys have done a great. You guys have done a great job, like I said, and I I think that uh, the fans and the drivers, you know, you're going to have a whole new slew of drivers come your season next year too. So uh, 
uh, you know, next year is probably going to be even uh, bigger and better. Yeah, I, I hope so. I appreciate everything. I appreciate everything that you guys to do too. I really do. Well, we try. We, we appreciate it when you promoters appreciate it. <laughs> I do. You guys have been awesome, and so have uh, our sponsors have been awesome. I think everything's gone good. I mean, we we have some reality checks along the way like everybody else, but I, I, I hope to think that racing in Florida is a little bit better because of this idea that, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't totally mine, me and the drivers and, you know, the media and everybody that uh, loves racing, I think, you know, had a part in this thing, and you know, I'm very happy, and I really appreciate everything, too. All right. We're going to talk to uh, Mark Whitener here in a few minutes, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us, Ken. you got to tell the magic man one thing for me, though. Uh-huh. Ask him if he likes the draw on the front straightaway. Okay, we'll do. Just ask him about the draw on the front straightaway. We'll do. And Kenny said he's the one that helped put that in place. All right, man. Talk All to, right, you. Talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, there's the segue into the next uh, segment there. Um, Ken Kenny. United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Uh, check out the website, um, FDLMCS. Um, what does FDLMCS mean, by the way? It was Florida. Oh, it was Florida. And then they changed it to United. I'd, you know, I don't wake up that early, so I didn't catch that. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt. If you guys have never been to, uh, you know, one of these dirt races, I know, uh, like I said, a lot of the folks got to see it at Charlotte and... Uh, Got to see the dirt cars racing there. I know they enjoyed it, but if you've never actually been to one of the dirt races, you need to uh, check it out in uh, in Tampa at um, East Bay Raceway. Um, it's one of the most fabulous places to uh, watch a dirt race. Um, if you've never been to that facility before, I challenge you to uh, check the uh, United Dirt Late Mile Challenge Series out when it's there. Um, on the phone with us, we have... Um, Mr. Mark Whitener, who is the magic man who uh, won the big race over the weekend up there at Lake City. Uh, how you doing, Mark? I'm pretty good. How about y'all? I'm doing We're great. great um, you know, talking to uh, Bonehead and Jack here, and uh, we just got off the phone with your boss, uh, Ken Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's something else, ain't he? Yeah. Um, you know, the series is something else, and uh, I heard you put on a heck of a show there. Um, talk to us a little bit about the uh, Lake City race and uh, what you thought about it. Well, I, I thought it was a good show. Um, you know, I've, I've raced there a bunch. Um, I've I've been around the place a, a bunch. So I had no really no excuses. I got a good car. Um, we, you know, we raced with a bunch of good guys. Um, we ended up drawing a pretty good uh, heat race, and I qualified outside pole in my heat race, and uh, or my my group, and ended up winning the heat race. And then I, so I was in the draw for the. Uh, for the race, and it, it it was a good race. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but there was a lot of caution. Uh, I mean, I don't know why, but there was a lot of caution. Usually there's not, but, you know, it gets us racing, I guess. One of the things that, besides the cars in the back that were having uh, some issues uh, and, and ended up running into each other and causing cautions, it seemed like there was a lot of spins down in turn two by guys pretty much by themselves a lot of times who who you wouldn't normally expect that out of was there any issues with the track down there or what well the track was getting sorry somebody's calling the, the track was getting slick um off a of turn four off a of turn four and I, I don't know if they was hitting it just right because if you got the car sideways and you hit the slick spot it would it was trying to get out from under it was trying to get out from under me and i was leading the race so i can imagine if a guy's car was off a little bit mine felt like it was pretty good so 
if a guy's car was off and he hit that slick spot, I'm sure it was it was messing them up. And, and then them guys racing side by side trying to stay off of each other, you know, it, it just one thing leads to another, and then the, then wrecks happen. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have it when you get get on a track like that. It's small. Uh, there wasn't a, there wasn't a wide groove. So I mean, luckily though, we I didn't have to lap too many cars, so. It was all right for for the leader standpoint. It was it was okay because every time I'd get to them, we'd have a caution. So I was okay with that. But yeah, they didn't they didn't like to caution the fans. I'm sure didn't like to caution too much. Yeah, and you didn't have to worry about college because Tyler Ivy had him tied up all night long. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that they they had a pretty good race going behind me. Uh, that they you know I was I was kind of a little ways out front, and then they was they was having a pretty good show behind me. So uh, I wish I you know I like to I like to watch good racing. Me and Collins had a First lap, we was in the corner side by side, so we had us a pretty good race. But me, me and Collins always raced good together, and Ivy. And all of us guys raced pretty good together. We've been racing with each other for a pretty good while. Now, Mark, um, I know that you're definitely uh, working on your strategy for the upcoming races. We've got five more races, and um, uh, you're right there, man. You've been moving up. You passed my man Sean Smith in points now, and um, you're headed right there up to... Uh, Johnny, you know, Johnny's tough, you know. You guys all are tough. I mean, it's coming down to a, you know, right here to the end. Um, what do you think about this series that you've been running? I love it. I mean, uh, Ken's a good guy. He he tries, you know, if he don't tell you something and not do it. If, if he tells you something, he's going to do it. Um, he's got a good bunch of guys working for him. Um, as tech man, he, he, he's, he's on, you know. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. There's no question about it. Um you know, Ken don't hire people that, that don't know what they're doing. Everybody knows what they're doing. There's no question about, you know, anything. And it makes a difference when you get to a track, and then that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. You don't, you know, Ken tries to make everybody happy. He tries to please everybody, and, and, and it you know seems to be working for him so far. Yeah, so uh, let's get back to the strategy that you've got to be uh, planning here for the next five races. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what's in going on with your camp there? Uh, we're gonna try to win some races. <laughs> I got I got a real good car. I mean, I got I, I got I got a national late model car. Uh, I say a national late model car. It's a national late model motor in it, um, and I got a three sixty two car, and uh, and we just. I mean, I have the equipment. I just got to produce with with winning, and uh, we just—that's all I want to do is win. I mean, I want to be a champion in whatever it may be, but uh, I want to win races, and that's what—that's what we're going to shoot for. We're going to shoot for winning races. I mean, I, I don't—I don't like second. Right. You know, who's your uh, sponsors or car owners or anybody you want to talk about in that situation? Um, Terry Ryan. Terry Ryan owns my car. Um, Donald Mosley, Jayco Drywall. Um, Terry Wright owns United Land Clear, which which I work for also, and uh, United Land Clear and uh, Byron Corey Engines. Um, Terry's brother Randall works on the car for us all week. Uh, he does most of everything to it. Uh, we work on it every now and then when we get off work. And uh, uh, there's Byron Corey Engines. Um, just everybody that helps us on it. I mean, my you know, which my wife she. She lets me. She puts up with me racing all the time, and it's twenty four seven. Believe me. So well, I'd like to thank my family. You know, she she's part of it too. So it's got to be make for an easier Monday when you win on Saturday night or Friday night. <laughs> it, it, you know, at work. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, when, usually, when we get to work, if we don't win, if we wreck, uh, 
it ain't a pleasant Monday. We we usually work till dark, but it's just, <laughs> today I got off about two o'clock, so I guess he was pretty happy. Well, he ought to be. Uh, like I said, you're climbing up there in the points, man, and uh, man, it's a tough series when you really look back at uh, you know all the drivers that are in this thing. You know, you guys got a hundred and. 80 drivers or so that have registered for races so far and you know averaging 40 plus cars at the at the races you know and uh you know one thing for sure that if you win this deal okay you'll be able to sit back and say you know what i did beat some of the best guys in florida georgia and alabama right oh that's a fact i mean we, we, we the guys i race with weekly are 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 good i mean there's no question about it i mean you know, when I'm racing with Ivan Lloyd and, and Johnny Collins and Jason Fitzgerald and, you know, some of the guys that race this series, you know, maybe not ever race, but they're there, you know. Um, it's just if you if you beat them, you've done something. And when we race with a good bunch of guys, you know, we every week. So, I mean, Kim brings some good cars, you know. That's, but that's, that's anywhere you go. I mean, you've got a bunch of good drivers. You know, pretty much anywhere you go, it's just Ken brings them all at one time. So it makes it a little harder. Well, and I think with the dirt racing, you know, um, it seems to be that way. People ask, you know, all the time, you know, well, what's the difference between dirt and asphalt? And why is dirt doing so much better than asphalt when it comes to getting racers there? And, you know, I think that it's a, a combination of a lot of things that have brought it to it. But one of them is, is that there's a great series being promoted out there, you know. I mean, as a, uh, a late model driver on asphalt, you know, uh, the great series are, are few and far between that sound like a good deal to everybody well concerned. and not only that but when these guys aren't racing the united dirt late model challenge series or the national late model series or the other whatever these guys race at like ocala east bay volusia in florida you know uh-huh. you know you can north florida speedway and uh you know they may not have as many cars sometimes you know what i'm saying as the series does but they're great shows and and uh you can go catch them every just about every weekend in florida you know uh I can't seem to uh, get these local racetracks around here to run 30-lap late-model races anymore on the asphalt, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why, but, you know, maybe they'll start taking some notes here. I don't know. All right, Mark, we're going to catch up with you at Brunswick. And uh, then, uh, what, three weeks from now, I guess, uh, the 27th, we'll be at East Bay Raceway Park. Hey, okay. all, all I can tell you, okay, is all you guys get ready for the last five races, okay, because Showtime Sean Smith's coming after you, okay? <laughs> right. Right. Hey, he, he's been there every week he's that's right week. He's, he's a he's a threat wherever he goes i mean just just think he hasn't had his string of good luck yet that's right that's right you know i, I just i just got the monkey off my back so maybe it'll stay off of it and I, i'll get be able to race a little bit you know because i got a good car so you know sean's got a good car everybody's got a good car so we we'll see i look forward to them five races maybe uh we'll see what everybody's got all right. All right. Take it easy, Mark. Appreciate right, you taking the time to talk to us. Uh-huh. All right. There you have it, Mark Whitener. Uh, the Magic winning, Man. The Magic Man winning up there at uh, North Florida Speedway in Lake City. Um, that track, you know, has turned around, and uh, they put on a great show there, and it's a great facility. And uh, you, know, another, you know, listen, as a racer, they don't like races with cautions, you know, but the fans, they don't mind those cautions, so. Sometimes. Yeah. Unless it's just absolutely ridiculous, like there's some bonehead out there spinning out constantly. Some bonehead. So we're going to go, uh, we're going to get away from uh, dirt racing for a minute, for a little bit. We're yeah. gonna, uh, actually, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with uh, Joe Lewandowski, the uh, 
new uh, marketing director at Fast Car at New Smyrna Speedway, and then B.J. McLeod and uh, yeah. Jeremy Colangelo. We're going to talk about what happened at Charlotte County Motorsports Park this week, too. What do you think? Yeah. We'll be right back, folks, uh, Inside Florida Racing. NASCAR is Florida Racing. New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, and Columbia Motorsports Park are where the action is. Sunbelt Super Late Model Series, Goodyear Challenge Series Late Models, Fast Car Pro Trucks. Fast Car has the most exciting traveling shows in Florida. Your racing adventure begins at www.fastcar.org. That's www.fascar.org. Here you will find links to up-to-the-minute information about all the great Fast Car racing action, Fast That's Florida Racing at its best. No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you. Soon, check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated and Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, don't get excited. Carnac.com, from affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Groovy, man. Psychedelic. Groovy. <laughs> Folks, you're back with Inside Florida Racing with uh, Rob Elting and Jack Smith. And on the line with us is Joe Lewandowski, and he is the new something for um, New Smyrna Speedway. Joe, are you there? Yes, sir, Jack. That's uh, Rob. I'm Rob. Don't He's in- Jack. Joe, don't start off by insulting us, man. Yes. That's not it, a good it, thing. Don't insult me by calling me Jack. Oh, my goodness. Are you crazy? Joe, what is going on at New Smyrna? You know, Terry, he split out of there. So uh, what's your what's your new handle over there? Well, before we start, Jack, I want to thank Don Narone for recommending me for the job. And I want to, you know, thank uh, Jane and Robert Hart for hiring me. And, you know, right now it's a little bit of uh, more marketing versus administration when Robert called me about the position. I said, Robert, if you're 
trying to hire somebody to be an administrator, you're, you're talking to the wrong man. But if you're if you're trying to hire somebody to to uh, hopefully increase your car count and sell sponsorships and uh, sell uh, tickets, you're talking to the right man. So my job primarily is going to be probably I'm looking at probably 85 to 85 percent of my time is going out and uh, selling deals and talking to drivers about getting them racing again at uh, New Smart and, and Speed World. Okay, Joe, this is Jack Smith, and I, what I want to do is start off here. Tell us a little bit about your, um, you know, what you've done in, in, in this game. I know you were at Erie PA and uh, I think in North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your racing background and uh, let just, you know, let the fans know who you are. Yeah, very fortunately, in, back in uh, about 1988, I happened to be working out at a uh, gym in Daytona Beach and met Brian France, and one thing led to another. Brian and I got to be... Uh, friends and Brian liked uh, basketball because that time I was assistant basketball coach at Stetson University and uh, I liked short track racing because I grew up being a big fan in, in Connecticut so one thing led to another and I, I asked Brian I said listen I want to get into auto racing so I got an opportunity in 1990 to go run Tucson Raceway Park and ever since 1990 I've had about eight or nine stops at short tracks had an opportunity to work for uh NASCAR, and I had an opportunity to work for some sports marketing companies. So I got the you know perspective of this sport from really all all three sides from the you know from actually running the tracks to working for the sports marketing companies. You know, representing um, big companies. My I had the great opportunity in 1995, the very first year of the Truck Series. I worked for uh, Morris International, and one of our big clients was Sears Craftsman, and I got to to work, work and go to every truck race the very first year of the Craftsman Truck Series. So, and then, like I say, worked at tracks. I worked at tracks. You know, I joke around to people, and I worked at tracks really in all four corners of the United States of America. I, you know, like I said, at Tucson, it was a dirt track. I was up in Tri-Cities, which is West Wichita, Washington, which is a five-eighths of a mile asphalt track. Went over to New England or Connecticut, which was my uh, place where I grew up and learned how to be a big, you know, modified fan. I ran one of the coolest tracks at that time was Riverside Park Speedway in Aguam, which now is Six Flags of New England. It's a big roller coaster. And then now here I am down in uh, Florida running a track that, you know, is, you know, it's probably one of the neatest tracks. It's been in a family for 40 years. It's a very stable track, and it has the premier asphalt speed weeks in the United States of America during, uh, you know, the Daytona 500 speed week. So I got, you know, I have a lot of experience, and my biggest thing is just I have to learn the climate, what's going on here in Florida, and hopefully some of my ideas and some of my perspectives, and you know I could help improve the program. Well, Joe, um, the climate is like this: in the summertime, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> oh, like real hot. I, <laughs> it's been six years since I've been back in the land of humidity, and uh, I, I, I went back to Florida my first time in six years, <laughs> the very first week of August. My son, I have a ten-year-old boy that plays travel ball baseball and we happened to uh we had an opportunity to participate in the triple usa elite world series in disney for one week the very first week of august and i got back down and i said oh man i don't don't miss this weather and all of a sudden next day i know i'm driving home that sunday from uh the disney the the five days of playing baseball down here and jerome's trying to get a hold of me and robert's trying to get a hold of me and they said hey you need to talk to me about uh maybe coming to work at new smart and there i am in the in uh i call it the hot box so what are some of the immediate challenges uh, of the job over there? I think the, the two biggest challenges, number one, putting butts in the seats. 
And number two, getting the, the car count up, because I think we're at a situation, and it's not just New Smyrna Speedway. It's most short tracks, and I say asphalt short tracks in the southeast, have very poor car count. I, I just came from a track called Tri-County Motor Speedway up in Hudson, North Carolina. We were a NASCAR-sanctioned Friday night track, and we were averaging anywhere from 40 to 45 cars for our NASCAR-sanctioned four-division show. It just seems like right now the cost of the equipment, you know, especially on asphalt, they got to buy so many tires. It's just it's almost getting to be cost prohibitive for the, the working man, the blue-collar person, even run asphalt short track racing. So you know that challenge of getting car count up, and and then we got to put butts in the seats because it's a you know it's right now it's like a vicious cycle because the car counts down, the crowd counts down, you know the promoters they don't have have enough money to pay you know, the kind of purses that these cars demand. So it, it's it's kind of, it's a losing proposition for the fans, the, the promoters, and the com- competitors. And like I said, an economy doesn't help. So it, it's we're, we're in some real tough times for asphalt short track racing. So are you telling me that you've talked Robert into putting dirt down there somewhere there? Well, so it's so funny. <laughs> you, you said that. We were sitting around the table the other day just joking, and Robert was saying, Robert was saying, uh, well, you know something? Wonder how New Smyrna would beat dirt with with, with uh, dirt. And I just joked around. Fast. I said you'd have a lot of cars. It'd be fast. Oh, it'd be super fast. Yeah, but he, he'd never do it. It is, and, and you know we've especially this year. Uh, you know, dirt has been in the dirt racing has been in the forefront of of the news week in week out throughout the year, and uh, especially with Ocala going dirt, the emergence obviously the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. The East Bay and Volusia strengthening their programs even more, and it ha- they have been in the forefront. But hey, you know we still got to find a way to put, like you said, butts in the seats, man. That uh... well, you know, one of the things, Jack. I'm a firm believer that if you're out selling sponsors, I, th- I think selling sponsorship to uh, corporate America or even even you know the, the local guy who's who owns X Y Z carpeting and stuff like that. You know, the first time you bring them to a dirt track. And if he's a person that's never been to a dirt track, and he brings his wife, and she gets all dusty, and they go out to their car, and they got to wipe one inch of dirt off the, 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 the windshield of their car. Trust me, they're not going to be they're not going to be buying a sponsorship at that track. So there's no doubt about it. Selling sponsorships to an asphalt track is a heck of a lot easier than a dirt track. Now, if you're selling stuff to a guy that cleans cars for a living, though, he might love that place. Oh, I was you know, <laughs> you said because I was. I always, you know, that's the first thing when I went out to Tucson. I was trying to sell me a car wash sponsor because I told him, I said, "Hey, don't wear it. I got a thousand, five hundred to a thousand cars that get dirty every Saturday night." Yeah, you know, uh, it's definitely a big undertaking there at New Smyrna. It's been an issue with them for years. You know, I've I've been around racing for a lot of years, and uh, New Smyrna's a big racetrack. You know, it takes a good car to go race there, no matter what class that you're racing in. So. You know, uh, any of these half-mile tracks have always struggled, uh, in Florida anyways, uh, asphalt uh, uh, half-mile tracks have struggled, like, you know, keeping a show week in and week out. Um, is there anything that maybe you're thinking about that's maybe going to help uh, with that situation? Well, I think one of the things that that uh, we're going to try to do is we're going to do some town hall meetings for, for each, each division at New Smyrna Speedway talk to them. I want to know what they like, what they don't like. You know, we're going to try to do some competition committees. You know, we, we need to be, um, you know, I always say the word competitor friendly uh, with the idea that, you know, I think there's an old saying in, in, in stock car racing, you know, uh, 
you know, do you let the inmates run the asylum or do you run the asylum? And no doubt about it, you, still have, like to, you still have to rule with an iron hand. But I think, you know, Bill France Sr. had the best of both worlds because Bill France ruled with an iron hand, but yet all those drivers knew that they could talk to Bill when they needed to talk to him. And I think, you know, it's kind of like I, I say the same thing. It's like raising my son. You know, there's times where I have to be fair and firm, but yet at the same time I might be spanking him, but the, but the next minute I'm hugging him and telling him, son, I love you, but you, you, you can't do those things. Well, there's no doubt you got to have a car count, but, uh, you know, what are some of the things that, that you see in Florida or in the South? I mean, you... You have done, uh, like you said, Tri County. What are some of the things you see that where we, we obviously could improve things as far as putting people in the seats? Well, I think we we have to we have to go out to uh, big companies. We got to we got to put more. Uh, I call it entertainment in the racing program. You know, maybe instead of running seven divisions of stock car racing, maybe we run four divisions of stock car racing, and we bring in the Green Mamba Jet to burn up a few cars. You know, because just to cater to the pure race fan it's a real challenge and i think jack and you you're you're probably a diehard short track person who's been going to short track racing a long time is that i call our short track sport it's kind of a it's it the the people it's called graying the people are getting older and older and i think one of the big challenges is back 30 years ago or 35 years ago when you were introduced to stock car racing you were introduced at the local level where you went to your local short track and then you might follow nascar racing but now nascar has been so popular nascar has created a new total fan base where they're race fans but they're not really race fans they're nascar nextel cup fans but yet they wouldn't even know what a short track car is or or where they race at exactly so i mean we we have to figure out a way to you know get more young people involved in the greatest one the greatest asset that new smyrna speedway has is that quarter midget track yeah, that is, a, that is an unbelievable asset where you get those kids racing from. They get out there, what, six years old, they race to 14 or 15, and guess what? Now they want to run on the big track. And you look at, like, Ben Kennedy. What was it Zach? Was it Zach Harold was his name? The kid that, Zach, the kid that won the, his first truck race on Saturday night. Excuse me if I said your last name wrong. But those kids all competed on that quarter midget track, and there's a lot more kids that are coming into it. But like you said, the challenge at a half-mile racetrack takes a lot of horsepower, and when you crash, it's a front clip or a rear clip. I remember when I ran the quarter mile at Agawam, Riverside Park, well, you crashed there, maybe it was a bumper, maybe it tore off a, you know, a spindle or something like that. But when you crash at New Smyrna, I mean, you're going, you're, there's some wicked speeds at the place. So it, 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 it's big. So it's, it's very challenging to keep Carcon up at New Smyrna. And, and 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 what about the amount of promotion? I mean, with with all of the uh, the other things that people can do. I mean, there's a lot of ways people in America today, especially you know in Florida, especially in Florida, there's a lot of ways people can spend their entertainment uh, budget. And uh, doesn't that require that that a lot more effort goes into, and maybe a lot more money goes into oh, that? It- it, the effort-wise, it, 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 you know, the old days, 30 years ago, you used to open up the gates on Saturday morning and race, and you had a big crowd, and you had a big car count. Now, now you got to be so creative. We have to, like I said before, we have to go off after that one-off band. 
that person who might just come once a year. We have to get a hook to get that person. You know, we got to do, I call it county nights, city nights, where maybe a certain zip code gets in for free that night. Go to these big employee groups and say, okay, listen, maybe we sell them 1,000 tickets for for $1,000 or or 1,000 tickets for 500 bucks, or give them 1,000 tickets for free. Get them to the racetrack. And one of the things that Robert and I discussed, and I think we you know, mutually agreed on this thought, was that the most expensive seat in your house is your empty seat. Absolutely. Uh, we're not making new customers. We're relying on the same, you know, group of hardcore fans to come every week. And, and, and the sad thing about it, that, that hardcore group is not getting any bigger. It's actually getting smaller every year. And, it, and the cost to go for these hardcore fans, you know, back, you know, three years ago, you used to be able to buy gasoline for, what, two Two and a quarter a gallon. Now we're paying what three seventy five, four dollars a gallon. So they're not going. And I think one of the things is that when you race week after week after week with the same show, which mostly is America short track racing, you know the fan says, "Well, I'll go next week, and then I'll go next week, and I'll go next week. I won't go." We got to give them a reason to go. Um, so, like I said, we got to do a lot of promotions. Like you know, maybe we have a faith night. Maybe we do a faster pastor night where we get the you know the the church people with the pastors racing. You know, uh, one of the programs I was very successful at at Lake Erie Speedway up in Erie, Pennsylvania, was we did a race to read program for the elementary school kids. We did a speed to wellness program for the junior high school kids. And we also, we were just getting ready to put a program together where we were going to go to all the vocational and shop classes in the area and try to do kind of like an internship program with some of the um, boys and girls who had an interest in automotive that maybe team up with a race team because a lot of race teams now because it's hard to get pit crew members get them out there and and work with the race teams but we got to get like i said and it means one thing like i told robert i said robert if if you see me sitting behind a desk all day you're not getting your money's worth out of me i need to be out there seeing the people and being creative and very fortunately because of my experience and, and knowing a lot of people i can call uh uh like Greg McCarns, I can call Greg McCarns at Rockford up in Illinois and say, "Hey, Greg, what was your best promotion?" You know, and then I can call the you know the Deerys, all the Deerys. I'm very you know close with Tom Deary and and uh, Chuck Deary. Chuck runs a great program up at Lacrosse. John McCarns, um, another man who's been in you know formed Artco a long time ago. John's right up in in the Oak Cal area. Matter of fact, John came down and Sue with his wife Sue and another guest came down as my guest on Saturday night. And I said, John, do me a favor. You, you've been a short track guy for 40 years. Evaluate what we do on Saturday night here. So my thing is getting out there and asking people, hey, what worked at your place? You know, I got a pretty good idea, but, but, but you know what it takes? You know, an idea is only as good as how good you run with the idea and how you can execute that idea and, and hopefully make some money off the idea. Perfect example. You mentioned the faster pastor uh, race. Um <clears throat> Leroy Davidson at Charlotte County uh, Speedway, as it was called then, when he uh, operated it. This is probably about seven years ago. He started. Uh, he 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 did one of those races, and it was like the first time that uh, I'm pretty sure it was the first time in that concept had ever been used in Florida. And uh, he and the the girl that was working with him on the project, they spent about three months really working on the project hard. Got a bunch of churches involved. A lot of there was probably. Um, I think around 18 churches that were really heavily involved in selling tickets in the whole nine yards. There was a lot of effort put into the whole deal, and they had a, a huge crowd, probably around 2,500 people that that night. 
Um, they had a great 50-lap race. It was probably the best race of the night. And it produced a lot of excitement, bus fulls of church, church, uh, church buses coming in. But then subsequent events that did the same thing, the same name was used, the faster pasture race, none of that legwork was done. None of that groundwork was done, and it was almost as if we expected that it would just work just as well the second time because we were calling it the faster pasture race. Bottom line was it was a dismal failure. And now in Florida, that name faster pasture race is used a lot, but there's not a lot of organization behind it. Well, and the whole thing, Jack, it goes down to that you have to go out there and see the people. You have to physically go ask somebody to do something, and I think that's the whole key. You just can't send a bunch of letters out and say, okay, we're going to do this faster, faster, and then uh, hopefully they're going to buy the tickets. I mean, you got to call on them, go see them, and say, listen, participate in something different and fun. And like I say, we did, we probably did at Lake Erie, you know, I think we did the, we did the deal where uh, the church keeps five bucks, the racetrack keeps five bucks, $10 ticket. You know, so it actually turns into a fundraiser, too. And then we brought in a couple of, uh, you know, faith bands. I don't know if that's the correct word to say it, uh, the word I'm trying to use. And they had a little concert, a little mini concert. And it, what was so ironic or interesting about that promotion was as soon as the Faster Pastor race took place, like a 1,000 people walked out. Huh. And, and it was just like because they came there to... Uh, you know, see their their reverend or their pastor race. I mean, we one of the most successful promotions we ever did at Lake Erie Speedway was when we had we brought Dale uh, Earnhardt Jr. in, and my buddy Larry Mattingly up at when he was running Jennerstown also had Dale Earnhardt there. And you know, Jennerstown hit a gigantic home run. We hit a gigantic home run. But the challenge now is, you know, because of Dale Earnhardt's contract with Hendrick Motorsports, he's not, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So it, it's like you said, but each, it, 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 you know, it's almost like every night needs to be themed. And, and I remember saying this back in, all oh, back in 93 or 94 to promoters, I would tell everybody, and I'd go to these RPM meetings, I kept saying to people, you know, we need to be just like minor league baseball. Absolutely. And minor league hockey. Absolutely. Where, where most of those people who go to minor league hockey, minor league baseball, they go to the event, they don't know what team's playing. They surely don't know what the score is because most of them never stayed to the end. But but it, but the thing about it is, they went there to have fun. They have ex- they have exactly the same marketing problems, the same kind of dilemma that racing has. They're very close. The, the, especially, I'm more familiar with minor league baseball, but and every night's got to be a special night. There's got to be some gimmick. Well, I think that. I think there's a lot to it being a show rather than a race, if you want to make it successful. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, but one, and you probably remember the name. You remember Hugh Deary, one of the most famous short track promoters in, that ever that came up, that had ever been on this earth. He was, you know, he did Rockford Speedway, and Hugh Deary's greatest line was, you know, there's only two real racetracks in America that are in the racing business. That's Daytona and that's Indianapolis. And the rest of us are in the entertainment business. And I think, you know, a lot of times we get so hung up on, well, it's got to be done. We've got to have all this racing going on. We've got to have all this racing. You know, at the end of the day, that's great for the for the crowd that's coming now. But the challenge right now is the, the size of the crowds that are coming right now, if we don't expand on those crowds, you know, 
very shortly, there's going to be a lot of tracks that are going to be out of business. Uh, and, you know, very fortunately, New Smyrna is, is unique because it has so many different types of race, and it has a big speed weeks to fall back on. But, you know, right now, I don't know if I'd want to be promoting a an asphalt short track in Georgia or, or North Carolina or South Carolina where I don't have anything special to, 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 to feed off. Uh, it could, in, unless you... And it, and it takes it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a staff to do that kind of stuff. One of the things I'm also going to try to do is I'm going to try to work with the area colleges and universities and see which progr- which schools have uh, sports marketing programs, undergraduate and master degree programs, and try to get a couple interns because interns are looking for work and uh, and they work for free. They work yeah, <laughs> or, or very little money. You know, a lot of times you put them up for. Put them, give them a little housing, and they'll come down to work because they want one thing. They want to be able to get experience, and when they put that on their resume, that, hey, I did an internship at New Smyrna Speedway, you know, the, the person who's hiring the person calls me and says, hey, Joe, how did this Mark guy do? He did fantastic. I had a, a great intern up at Tri-County uh, Motor Speedway up in Hudson, North Carolina, a kid named Mark Bowdy. He, uh, when I was at... Uh, before I went to Tri-County, I was at Lake Erie, and he called me up wanting to do an internship program. And I said, hey, I'm going down to Tri-County. And uh, he followed me, and, and now he's kind of like he's their, you know, I guess general manager down there right now. But but with the idea that going to a place and getting experience. So that's a cheap way to get uh, work. But like I say, it's, I really believe it's, you know, either we, this short, this short track industry either has to change or we're going to perish. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of perishing, we got to go. Okay. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Joe. Uh, Joe um, um, Lewandowski. Um, what is your handle there? You're the marketing manager. Marketing manager. Marketing manager for New Smyrna Speedway. So uh, we should be expecting new things from there, uh, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you, Jack. All right, man. All right. Uh, there you have it. Um, Joe's working with uh, some different stuff there, and. Uh, Sounds like he's got a different approach than maybe uh, most uh, or some of your uh, track managers or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, Robert's in an area there in New Smyrna where he's got to really get into the marketing. He's got to really market his track a certain way because of the fact not only that it's a half-mile track, but because it's New Smyrna Speedway, it's right there in Daytona. Certain times of the year, they have huge events there. Um so I think the marketing is uh, really important, and uh, a Some, lot of the something there. I was gonna, we were going to get into tonight, if, especially if, if we were expecting, of course, Cece Brooks to be here with us, and we last minute she has some problems. She's she flooded be. out, Cece. I hope everything's okay. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, some of the stuff we wanted to get into was talking about some of this promotional deal, but you know, which we may have a chance to get into later, Rob. But you know, I think that it really, really, really. And I thought, you know, of course, you know that we think a lot about this. We talk a lot about it. But I think they really underestimate. Most track promoters um, really underestimate the amount of hard work it takes to actually work at putting people in the seats successfully. I think they underestimate the amount of work and the the amount of time involved. I think they do in a lot of events. You know, uh, things become successful and they have a successful event and then they try to replicate it. And uh, spend less money at it. And I think that uh, money has to be spent by these promoters at each and every race. And an idea has to be set forth that, uh, okay, we're going to have this kind of event. 
uh, this week, and then the next week has to be a different one. And if you get rained out, you know, you got to roll on. You can't let them linger. And I think using some of the old names for stuff, like you said, uh, like the faster pastor race. Well, if the faster pastor race was truly pastors from all these different churches and there was 15 or 20 of them or whatever, I do think that it would be a different story. Turn your. It'd be very. It, I've seen it be very, very hugely successful, and I've also seen it be just a, another night with a few extra different fans in the stands, you know. And uh, but I'll tell you what, Rob, we are going to have to take a break here. We're coming back with uh, B.J. McLeod and Terry Wong. Okay? All right, uh, folks, you're listening to Inside Florida Race. We'll be right back. Salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play, coach. Apparently those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just cat calls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, old Sultan of Shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, Lively racing, message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Karnak.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Karnak gets it done. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you. Soon, check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated and Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. 
No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. Fast Car is Florida Racing. New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, and Columbia Motorsports Park are where the action is. Sunbelt Super Late Model Series, Goodyear Challenge Series Late Models, Fast Car Pro Trucks. Fast Car has the most exciting traveling shows in Florida. Your racing adventure begins at www.fastcar.org. That's www.fascar.org. Here you will find links to up-to-the-minute information about all the great fast car racing action. NASCAR, that's Florida Racing at its best. All right. We're coming back. Come back from the break. Uh, you're listening inside Florida Racing, and uh, right now on the uh, phone with us, we've got um, BJ McLeod and uh, Terry Wall. How you guys doing? Can you hear us? I can hear you fine. Hello. Yeah, BJ, can you hear us? Okay, man. Lost them again. We've got Terry. Here we have BJ. BJ, are you there? Okay, Terry. Yep. Well, all right, Terry. What's happening? Not much. <laughs> well, you better have something. Uh, <laughs> well, I have plenty, but uh, if you, I don't know if you all want to hear it. Well, let's hear it. No, let's talk about BJ McLeod's deal here. Um, we'll try to hook up with BJ. I'm a, we'll, we'll try to hook him up on a different line. Go ahead. Okay. Well, basically, what uh, Jackie got a hold of me two weeks ago. Yeah, and BJ was trying to get a hold of me, and uh, I used to do PR work for BJ McLeod when he was 13 and 14 years old, and we were pretty successful in getting him uh, some stuff to do, and um, he uh, has decided at 24 years old to go racing, I mean real racing, not Florida racing, real racing, and uh, so we're looking, uh, he has uh, contracted me to find him some sponsorship for uh, approximately five or six uh, nationwide races and three truck races and possibly uh, two ARCA races, one at Daytona and one at Talladega. And uh, it was quite a surprise and a pleasant surprise that he uh, contacted me through you, Jack. And uh, we're running with it right now. And uh, uh, we are going to try and find him sponsorship to, to show the NASCAR people what he can do. So what kind of money are you talking about, Terry? What does it take uh, these days to uh, run, say, uh, let's just take the trucks, for example? Well, you're looking at uh, anywhere from forty to $60,000 a race for the truck series, which used to be a lot cheaper, but now it's just like the nationwide. And the same thing for the nationwide, anywhere from forty to $60,000, depending uh, on the team, the equipment, and uh, who's in charge? So he's putting together a team that's going to have uh, uh, a couple trucks and a couple of uh, nationwide cars anyways? Right, right. We're actually talking, uh, and we have already 
Uh, I've had a chat with Bruco Motorsports, who uh, Casey Atwood drove for today, and uh, Brad Coleman has drove for him, and a few other people. Uh, we've talked to them, and they're really anxious for BJ to drive their equipment. Uh, they also have an ARCA, uh, ARCA car there that we possibly can run Talladega and Daytona with. Uh, and, w- and we've talked to uh, uh, a couple truck teams. Uh, we we're sort of keeping that under the hat for right now uh, about BJ driving in three or four races next year, three races. And, uh, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, we are in the process uh, of putting a proposal together for BJ to send to potential sponsors. Sure. And uh, uh, once that's in place, and then uh, we're going to go after sponsorship. Hopefully we can have it in place by um, J- January 1st. Terry, why don't we let um, put you on hold for just a minute, and okay. uh, Rob's got some uh, race results and things like that to talk about for just a minute while we hook up back up with uh, BJ, okay? okay? So hang on, we'll be right back. No problem. Oh, yeah, lay it on Rob with race results. Isn't that nice? Uh, well, anyways, uh, I will go over the uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Uh, they had a lot of racing going on there. I uh, didn't race for a couple weeks, but uh, they pretty much were back with uh, everything from figure eight boat racing to uh, looks like they had another 50 lap modified. And uh, I didn't get a chance to go this week. I'm sure CC went, and of course, CC is not here tonight to uh, tell us what happened. Uh, Bandoleros and the Legends ran as well. And uh, Fab Four, figure eight racing at Charlotte County Motorsports Park is always uh, really good. But, uh, Jack, do you have... Uh, magically, we do. Magically, uh, BJ McLeod is online with us. Are you there, BJ? Yes, sir, I am. Hi. All right. All right, now, BJ's here. Do we also still have Terry here? Yep. Amazing, Jack. You are amazing. From Wachula to Toronto. Not bad. Unbelievable. Yeah, Kathy said he's good for something. Yeah, uh, well, I haven't seen her for a while. I don't know what he's done with her, but. (laughs) Uh, Now, anyways, uh, BJ, uh, uh, he he sort of already spilled the beans, but you can go ahead and uh, uh, finish up here and tell us uh, what's on your mind. He's telling us about, uh, Terry's telling us about some truck racing and some um, nationwide racing. Yeah, I'm trying to find sponsorship now to run a limited schedule on either Nationwide or Trucks next year, and also a couple of ARCA races, and that's why I called Terry, because he's good at finding sponsors, and that's what I needed, so I, uh, I'm i hoping he can figure something out here in the next couple of months so I can run something different next year. Now, uh, Terry, uh, you better be a magic man, it sounds like to me. you got a lot of money to come up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, I've been called worse than a magic man, but I'll... Uh, I'll come up with something for BJ. Uh, we're looking for teams now that uh, uh, would uh, work with us as far as the budget goes, uh, and that's an uh, ongoing process right at the moment. And like I said, uh, Jack uh, Smith is going to do his magic and come up with a proposal that I can send to potential sponsors. Um, I must make uh, one slight announcement. One of the sure companies, Affliction, uh, uh, had a very positive attitude towards uh, sponsoring BJ for next year as the clothing sponsor. Uh, that is already uh, in, the, in the works. And, and uh, there's other sponsors that we're going to uh, go as far as product, but um, basically we're looking for anywhere from 
thirty to $50,000 a race, either truck or nationwide. So, BJ, have, have you raced anything lately? When's the last time you raced anything? Uh, the last race I ran was at New Smyrna, and uh, we finished fourth it was, uh, in the Bright House race. And then I ran Lakeland before that. We were running we were running fourth. We had a real good car. I had a shot to win, and the motor let go on us. But we... Uh, we we're putting that one back together right now, and I'm probably going to run the Governor's Cup with that car. And my next race, it might be this weekend at DeSoto. I'm not sure, but if not there, it'll be the 19th at uh, New Smyrna in the Bright House race. How did you do in the Bright House uh, Challenge uh, Series last year? Last year, we didn't run the whole schedule. Uh-huh. Ran, I think we only ran two or three races. I won one of them, I think. Yeah. We uh, we usually run good when we're up there, but I... Uh, I just been fighting having money the last couple of years because business been slowing down, and we uh, I just I just got to find sponsors to keep on going, and that's what that's what I got Terry for. So yeah, now there was I find sponsors for the super late and for the for the, to move on up next year. Yeah, so there was a time. I mean, there is a huge BJ McLeod fan base still out there, and I'm sure they they'll be right back in a minute. Um, the minute uh, that uh, you start running with a little more. Uh, you know, notoriety, getting more a little more notoriety in the deal you're doing because, I mean, a lot of people that are listening to us uh, probably don't know that you won uh, two championships in one year at New Smyrna Speedway in Orlando Speed World, ran, uh, what, second in the points and was rookie of the year in the uh, the uh, Southern All-Stars. A lot of people don't know you. You raced in ASA. You were the, at, uh, at that time. You still might be the youngest uh, driver ever to race in the ASA. I don't know, but... Uh, I know that when you did that, you uh, succeeded uh, Mark Martin in that role. Yes, we uh, we got a lot of accomplishments when I was younger. I had I had a lot bigger budget to race with. I could run. I ran eighty four races when I was fourteen, and I had I had a lot more money to race with. And then we were doing it on our own, plus product sponsors and other stuff. And we uh, we just don't have the money nowadays. It's just you got the way the economy is. It's hard to hard to make money with excavating and stuff. And, we uh, we just got to find sponsors to get back in that limelight. And it's interesting that you're bringing back Terry Wall, who actually uh, worked with you back in those days and helped yeah. you get the money in the sponsorship. And uh, oh yeah, he, he he got me all the product sponsors I ever had. I had No Fear, Simpson, ACPT, uh, JE Pistons, Oakley. Yeah, Oakley. I had a bunch of people that he got me, and we uh, we had KFC on the car at one time, and we had a whole bunch of different stuff. But I. Uh, we just went different ways there for a little bit, and I just—I was sitting around thinking a couple of weeks ago I need to get sponsors together because I couldn't get race to soda because I didn't have the money, and I was thinking I gotta get some kind of sponsor that way I can get back racing the way I want to. And I got to thinking I was like, I wonder what Terry's doing. So I called Jack and got Terry's number, and that's how I got a hold of him. So maybe he can come up with something. Well, I hope no matter what you guys can come up with something. I, you know, it's it's tough out here to race, no matter in what aspect it is. You know, and you think back when you were younger. I'm sure that you think back and say, "Man, I should have done this. Or I should have done that." You know, and uh, you know, it's all a big vicious circle that we live in this life. I'm 42 years old, and I've been trying to race for a long time. You know, and uh, you have good years and you have bad years, but you know, you just got to get yourself back out there. You know, you were a self promoter when you raced. Yeah, we uh, I've I've been racing at least once a month for the last you know all, all ten eleven years I've been running super late models, but I just haven't been able to do what I want to do the last couple of years, and that's why I need to 
get something going because I want to run out of state some, run some bigger races with a super late model. And I also want to run either ARCA, Nationwide, or Trucks, do something different. And yeah. Move up. And that's, that's just, I want to set new goals and see if we can reach them. There you go. Now, Terry, Terry, what do you think about this? There was a time when, uh, of course, at least in Florida and the southern states, uh, B.J. McLeod was the, the, the youngster who actually at the time what we always attribute, he started the youth movement. And, you know, through uh, Bobby Deal's truck series and some other things in the South here, um, you know, there became a tremendous number of youngsters that, that came up through the, the ranks. And now it's commonplace to see a 14-year-old in a late model. BJ, in all, now that the time has passed and you're a little older and you go out there to race, how do you look at it when you're racing against them 14-, 15-year-old kids? Uh, every car is just a number to me. I don't pay attention to who's in it or who's driving it or who's beside it or whatever. I just catch them and try to pass them. I don't, I don't think about age. None of that matters. I, uh, I don't think girl or guy. I don't care. I just get out there and pass people and win. That's all I think about. Yeah, it seems like them younger ones, they got lots of equipment though. Seems yeah, like they got. I mean, some of them do, some of them don't. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody that's got money and races on their own and stuff. That I was there at one time, and I mean, it's just you. Uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's just I just hope that you know whoever has it just respects it and, and treats it the way they should. Well, that's a good attitude to have, no doubt. Yeah, because they don't you most of the drive time. them the the way they drive you. Still, BJ, I bet. Yes, sir. I sure do. <laughs> I think everybody that's watching the race knows that. So, Terry, what are some of the challenges uh, these days? What are, what obviously, I mean, it's never been easy to get uh, corporate dollars. Well, the, one of the major challenges, uh, like uh, uh, you brought up, uh, of the younger drivers coming with mom and daddy's money to get where they need to go. And then they get pick up uh, sponsors through their mom and dad. But the challenge for BJ is my challenge is is to get him in a car for one race. And uh, and you know Jack, and the other gentleman knows, and I know that if BJ has an opportunity to get in a car for one race, then everything else will fall in place. Rob, he called you a gentleman. Did you catch that? Yeah, I, I caught it, and, and I and I believe it. You know, there's there's lots of driving talent here in Florida, and I think BJ is one of the driving talents that was here before, and he's still here. And you know, uh, there's a a lot of guys that could probably uh, answer to that. But you know, all it takes is you know they'll rent you one of those cars. It's all you got to do is get that money together and rent it, and uh, you might show somebody something they want to see, and then you never know. That's one I, of them I deals. Totally agree, Rob. And uh, that's why we want to do the Daytona race uh, in an Archer car. Uh, we want that's this first race that we're planning, and then uh, we're going to run basically. And BJ came up with this plan: run some of the short tracks that he's familiar with, and then maybe run a mile track. Uh, you know, and and uh, just show him. I mean. You know, BJ has nothing to prove. He won two track championships at 14 years old. He won uh, his first late model race at 13. He was in the ASA series at 13. He's won over 80 feature events on a limited schedule, I must say. And he really has nothing to prove in Florida. I mean, I sure, he would love to win the Governor's Cup or love to win a Five Flags. But we're looking beyond that. We're looking at NASCAR, and we want to 
give him the opportunity to prove what he can do. All right. You ready, BJ? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I just told Terry the other day when I called him, it was probably the last year I thought I was capable of getting in a bush car or a uh, truck or anything like that running good. And I, uh, I just, I just want a chance to get on up there. Well, even if you move to North Carolina, I'm still going to call you the Wachula Warrior, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll always be that. Never forget where you were. But we, uh, we got a lot of work to do. And I mean, it may never happen, but at least we got goals now to reach for and try and, We'll uh, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, I'm going to try to find sponsorship for the super late model and keep running, start running more of the races. I want to run all the races around here. I want to be racing every weekend, and that's what I'm going to try to get sorted out and then obviously try to move up some next year and do some different stuff. But um, Basically, I just want to get back just behind the wheel more. I'm tired of sitting at home. There you go. You guys. I just want to also mention, uh, if there's a sponsor out there that's listening that would be interested and furthering BJ's career, uh, give me a call. Uh, my company is Wall & Associates, who specializes in motorsports marketing and media. And my phone number is 905-578-9946, 905-578-9946. Give me a call, and uh, we'll work out a program uh, to further BJ's career. Go get them, guys. All right. Thanks, All right. Thanks per- Rob. Appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to us. And, uh, folks, uh, you're listening inside Florida Racing. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Maybe. Presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play coach. Apparently those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, mother- Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, old sultan of shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer at Isabel St. Louis, Missouri. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. 
the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you. Soon, check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated at Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. NASCAR is Florida Racing. New Smyrna Speedway, Orlando Speed World, and Columbia Motorsports Park are where the action is. Sunbelt Super Late Model Series, Goodyear Challenge Series Late Models, Fast Car Pro Trucks. Fast Car has the most exciting traveling shows in Florida. Your racing adventure begins at www.fastcar.org. That's www.fascar.org. Here you will find links to up-to-the-minute information about all the great Fast Car racing action. NASCAR, that's Florida Racing at its best. Yeah, that's what the action was like uh, this weekend out at the races at uh, your local racetrack. Who we got coming up next? Who are we talking to? Who is it? uh, We are talking to uh, Jeremy Colangelo. We have to figure out, we cannot keep up with these point standings so we're going to go right to the source jeremy welcome back to inside florida racing man hey guys good evening thanks for having me on again you you say that now you may not say that in 10 minutes oh hey well because just think you're going to win your next race just for being on here hey i sure hope so actually the last week the last uh, race we ran uh, we won that one so hopefully we can keep the streak going yeah now talk to us about these we get confused about uh jeremy colangelo and the series that he's running and where he's running in these series help us out that's pretty easy to do. Um, sometimes I even get confused. You know, we're running uh, all sorts of series and all the time. So uh, I guess I'll start with the best one. We're um, we're running the Sunbelt Super Late Model Series, and uh, we're currently leading the the Total Point Series um, uh-huh. ahead of Matt Bowers and Tim Russell, and uh, we're leading the rookie deal as well in that. Um, we're le- we're uh, I think second in the Triple Crown points, waiting to hear the um, the you know, final word on where the third race of that will be since it got canceled from Lakeland. Carson City, Nevada. That's yeah, what I hear. No doubt. Hey, that wouldn't surprise me. I bet you'd go if it was. Oh, yeah. You you know what? I'd be in the truck and ready to go. <laughs> uh, and also, we're running the Bright House Series, and we're currently second in that. Um, and we're also running the Goodyear Series, and again, we're second in that, uh, closing in on the leader a little bit. So he's in the top three of four series. Yeah, yeah. Or, wow. to, or top two of four yeah, series. top two of four different series. Uh, I guess you're a shoe-in to have to go to a banquet, huh? Well, I, I hope so. You know, that wouldn't be such a bad thing, I don't think. No, I mean, now, what do you consider to be the Mac Daddy of the four? Um, by far, the Sunbelt series. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, not to take anything away from the Goodyear series, because, you know, there are so many talented guys in that series, and, uh, and, and girls, but... Um, 
they're both tough series, but just the super late models. You know, I, I heard you guys had B.J. McLeod on. Um, he's an incredible shoe. Uh, Tim Russell, you know, Matt Bowers, um, David Rogers, you know, just so many big names and, and so much talent in that series. It's pretty, you know, pretty bone-chilling to be able to say that I'm leading the points right now. Yeah. Remember, Rob? He came in second at uh, to David Rogers at the last race at Lakeland. At Lakeland, yeah. yeah, yeah. That must have been pretty cool. Oh, it, it was. You know, um, we hated to lose that race. We had such a such a good car, and um, we were up. You know, I think we were somewhere around fourth or so, and we had an issue with the rear deck lid collapsing on us, and uh, it just made the car so, you know, so unstable getting into the corner and and even up off. And we ended up having to come into the pits, and you know, after doing that, we were sent to the rear. But to be able to make it all the way back up, you know, to the front and we didn't quite catch Rogers, but you know we were we were closing in on him. But to be beat by David Rogers, you know that's you hate to lose, but to be beat by a guy like that, you don't mind it so bad. Plus, he'd never won there before, so you would have really taken something away from him, and he probably would have hated you the rest of your life. So it's <laughs> hey, I could have dealt with it. I have a lot of respect <laughs> for him, but I could have dealt with that. <laughs> I bet yeah. that would have been a big one to win. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, Lakeland Speedway, uh, you know, how many times did you get to race there? I think we've been there about six or seven times. So you definitely got to enjoy it, and uh, you're going to miss it, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I, were. she lives down in Tampa, and we were driving back up to the Daytona area, and we drove by there, um, I guess it's been a week ago on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, I was off from racing, and we were on uh, Interstate 4, and I said, you know, hon, we're going to drop by here and just check it out, and... I kind of wish I wouldn't have because it was it, it just it disgusted me. You know, it was such a bad sight to see. Just such a nice establishment like that just to be sitting there being torn apart, you know. A commodity is what you call that. Yes, by far, yes. Is that what you call it? That's what it was. It was a commodity. I call it a calamity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's what happens when you take the uh racetrack and you uh turn it into a you know, I was having a Profit good night. Machine. I was having a good night. Do you guys start bringing up Lakeland, man? Oh, you're gonna start hey. crying. Hey, I'm with you. I might start too. <laughs> Both of y'all are grown men. Stop it. One of them's twice your age. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, uh, Jeremy. It sounds like, like I said, that uh, you're definitely uh, bound for a banquet or two by the end of the season. Now. Um, have you fathomed being able to win all four of these? No. Wow. I mean, I think it's a real possibility. Um, but just, you know, like I say, even just sitting here talking about it, to be as close as we are. And, and at the beginning of the season, I would have told you, you know, I'd like to finish in the top five. But after the season got started and, as you know, as well as we've ran and as well as the whole team has, has kind of came together and, and uh, we've all just worked so hard, you know, from the shop to the track to, you know, even after the races, we're still discussing it. And, you know, and after everything's gone the way it has, I I seriously think we, ha- we have a good chance at, you know, clinching all four of them. You know, Jack, if he wins all four of those, he'd definitely uh, be a contender. Be a contender for the driver of the year. So uh, to, who, win, who, to win that big ring. Yeah. The uh, Pandora Jewelers. Uh, driver of the That's year. That's right. It's a big yeah. deal. Jeremy, who helps you get this done, man? 
Well, you know, I got to thank um, all my sponsors. You know, Remax um, on the local level here in Florida, Remax has has been a great sponsor for us for all of my racing career. Um, Park C, Jackson Perkins, um, Route 46 Entertainment District is the new restaurant in Sanford. Um, my my parents have always been there from you know before I could even drive, driving me to the racetrack, and they always travel. And you know, my mom and dad and and my girlfriend, they're all my biggest fans, and my brothers. Um, but, you know, at the shop, it's uh, Glenn Garrison, Eddie Penner, Shane Henry. Um, Mark Martin has been a, a great asset to have, obviously. Um, and Mike Fritz is also, you know, he's not he's not working with us anymore, but he kind of helped me get my start in stock cars, so I owe a lot of this to him as well. Yeah. There you go, man. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, spending a few minutes with us here tonight on Inside Florida Racing. When when is your very next race? My very next race is this weekend, the thirteenth at um, New Smyrna in the Goodyear. All right. When's the end of all these seasons? Uh, they end um, with the Governor's Cup, November twenty second. Yeah, November twenty second at New Smyrna, the last race of the year. So we're going to know by then. Uh, we're definitely going to keep you that in night. mind that night. We're going to know uh, just how many races uh, or, if, or how many series that Jeremy Colangelo is going to finish in first in, or um, at least, you know, I think you're a shoe-in for the top two, at least in four of them. I sure hope so. But you know what? Shoot for all four of them, because by golly, if you win all four of those, man, you could be wearing that Pandora Jewelers ring, because that's... That uh, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, that's that's something I think that uh, nobody else will be able to say that they've done this year, because nobody that we're talking to is in four series. Well... I'm pretty fortunate to be in all of them, you know. And all right, yeah. And with Remax as a sponsor, how have you been doing that with the housing market so terrible? Yeah, that, that's why I say it's just been on a local level, um, you know. But hey, we're getting it done, and hopefully, we can keep this up through next year. All right, talk to you soon, man. Thank Take you. it easy. All right, there you have it, Jeremy Colangelo. Uh, man, he's in the top two and a couple of the series, and leading a couple of the other ones, and leading the big one, the Sun Belt Series, Sun Belt Super Late Model Series. That series has been going on for a long time, and a lot of the great names in uh, late model racing have uh, won that championship. You know, uh, Wayne Anderson. Uh, Wayne Anderson. You know, he's better than everyone else. Uh, you know, Mike Fritz. He's he's probably won that a couple times, and uh, you know, David Rogers and some of the other guys that he named there that run that series, uh, Sun Belt series, and. Good luck, David. I, I hope you win all four of those championships Jeremy. in those series. Jeremy, not David. Oh, Jeremy, I'm sorry. Win all four of those uh, series. Let's change gears. Let, as a matter of fact, let's Again, change car. Let's, let's, let's change. Challenge. Let's change cars. Where are we going? We're going to sprints. We're going to talk asphalt sprints first in the remaining time in the show. Then we're going to talk with uh, dirt sprints with uh, Mike Peters and also uh, Bryn Gone. But so who's uh, on the line? CCMP Laplante is he on the phone with us? Yep, Mr. Laplante. Gary Laplante. Mr. Gary Laplante. What's happening? How you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Sounds like it. So uh, what's happening out there at CCMP these days? Oh, we got a bunch of things coming up. This week we've got the Outlaw uh, Street Stocks, the Dwarf Cars, the TT Midget, Road Warriors, Thunder Trucks, and Mini Stocks. All right. Now, Gary. Without wanna... any further preamble. Yeah, because, you know, things have hit me, and I, I'm going to talk to Gary, because I knew I could get to the bottom of it here, because I happen to be around, okay, when the inception of these wingless sprints came about, okay? And uh, there's been some 
some fingers pointing at maybe the wrong people being the ones that started this series to defunct another one. And, you know, I don't understand why um, the, 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 the wing sprint series even is really worried about what the other ones are doing. But it seems to me that I've heard, I've heard a recording of uh, one Mr. Puglio talking about that, well, guys shouldn't support these series, you know, that have these wingless sprints, you know. And some of the other fingers that were pointed that a certain uh, Don Ream is the one that started this. So as I started to talk to Jack, I said, you know what? Let's just go to where all this came from. Gary, when you started with your Outlaw Street Stocks, what other class did you bring along with it at that time? The wingless sprint. The wingless sprint. So so if I'm to understand right, then the wingless sprints that came about that supposedly Don Ream started this class to defunct another series that's running out there already. That must be untrue then, because I believe that that was brought about by you and Mr. Bobby Deal. Actually, I put together the outlaw wingless sprint. Right. Then, meanwhile, while that happened, uh, Mr. Don Reams was voted out of TBRA. And Don approached me and Bobby about doing something together. And I said, well, if there's anybody that could really get a sprint car series going, that would be Mr. Don Ream. So mm-hmm. I kind of passed the outlaw wingless sprints over to Don Reams, and that became the checkered flag sprint series. And I helped Don promote and do whatever I need to do to in, in the background of uh, helping that series to proceed what it is today. Yes, but you guys had races, correct? Uh, yes, we. I had... Uh, well, actually, the Outlaws uh, Wing Sprints had uh, 12 races uh, at CCMP. Right. Already booked for the year, and I just handed it over. Uh, you know, Don and I made a deal, and Don took the series over, and uh, he's already made uh, one race at Citrus uh, already for the series, and I believe he's looking at some other dates, some other tracks also. Now, I know that you're into promotion. As a promoter, do you think that it's a good idea to suggest to your racers in your series, don't go race somewhere else? Well, my outlook on that would be this. And why don't we just close all the tracks in Florida and only have one track? We all race at one track. Yeah. That's, that's my theory on it. You know, yeah. that's, if that's the case, we might only have one racetrack. Right. Uh, my, you know, the Outlaw Street Stocks have made, is actually made up of Street Stocks from other other tracks. Mm-hmm. You've got, you got guys that run Albendale that run my series. We've got guys that run uh, Bradenton in my series. And we've got guys that run the Charlotte County, uh, you know, when the Road Warriors, and they've got the, they convert the cars over on, you know, once a month to run my series. So, right. in other words, to run other tracks, to tell a racer they can only race one series, am I for it? No. that's I'm 100% against it, and that's bad for racing. And, and I do. I, I think that that's bad for the sport. It kind of goes back to the thing that we had with the other racetrack in Tampa, over there outside of Tampa in the Lakeland area there, where they were not encouraging their drivers to race at two tracks at one night. I have a negative feeling towards any promoter or anybody out there that tries to... How do I want to put this right? 
um, shoot down another series to try to make their series look better, whether it be for for money or whether it be for uh, notoriety. Um, I think that it is to the detriment of the sport of racing if they they keep trying to keep all these guys racing. Don't have all the stars racing with wings, okay? Here's the deal. It was said, said I want to have my stars racing wings. I'm going to protect the purse, okay? Well, you got to be careful when you make statements like that because I try to tell these racers all the time that when you talk to the media, you're not talking to racers. You're talking to the fans, okay? And the fans are not privy to all the BS that goes on to that. Exactly. You know, but when you say it. A lot of track owners are losing track of, okay? First of all, the track owners, and they have, they have uh, the races. Myself, I don't call them races. I call them entertainers. Yes. If it wasn't for the entertainer, there wouldn't be any racetracks. We have to have the racers to make a racetrack. Even with the tur- tra- traveling series, you've got to have the X number of cars on the traveling series to make a show, to make it work, to put on a show for the fans. If it wasn't for the entertainers, races, whatever the track owners want to call them, and the fans, there wouldn't be any racetracks. And when you start taking sides and saying, you can't race this track, you can't race that track, you're, you're eliminating the races to be mad at that track and the fans mad because they're not treating the entertainers right. That's the way I look at it. Now, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think I am. No, well, I think that you, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't get into this thing being a track owner. Okay, you got into, or, or you're, and you're still not. Um, well, he sort of is. Well, I mean, he's... He didn't get into it, though. He got in, uh, coming along with a guy that had a good idea, and he knew where all these street stocks were that were just sitting because oh, yeah, yeah, Sunshine yeah. had closed up. And uh, he came up with what I consider today, okay, me. Now, I'm a guy that goes to the races. I consider it to be the premier street stock series that is running today. I consider it because when these guys show up, their cars really look good. They're fast. It's a really neat class. So... I've always given Gary credit for bringing this series back and getting it started. Now, he wasn't, you know, uh, welcomed with open arms from everybody, obviously. Right. Uh, But Bobby welcomed him, and and they've worked a deal out. Now, Gary, we haven't talked to you in a few weeks. What is your position over there at Charlotte County Motorsports Park today? Uh Uh-oh, that silenced him. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) I'm a silent partner. It's no longer silent anymore. Well, the, so I don't really want to get into financial things. I just want to know, because uh, partners usually mean financial. What Do you have some say over there now? I, I have I have quite a bit of say okay. over there, what's going on. I, I do a Bobby and I, and that's actually, I was out with Bobby this evening. We were uh, doing some promotions on some things and uh, looking how to change some other things around down there. Uh, we spend a lot of time together. We talk every day, you know, three, four times a day, and... Uh, uh, all, most all the uh, major decisions are made uh, through Bobby and I as a team, as a team effort to make the track better. Well, and I think that it has. Um, things are, you know, have continually continued to look better and operating better. And uh, I don't know if it's because you're there or not, but I, I guess it can't hurt. Um, I've always been a supporter of you and the ideas that you have. I always knew that you wanted to be involved in there. So, um, in keeping with the sprints, talk to me and tell me, what can we be expecting from this sprint series 
to continue on from now on? What are we going to see? As far as the... Uh, Wingless sprint. sprint. Yes. Oh, they, they, we've got the... Uh, our next race uh, for Checker Sprints is uh, 920. We're going to have one in... Uh, October and one in November. Oh, wait a minute. There's two check. There's two uh, wingless sprint uh, racing series in Florida. But I think they're working right. together, aren't they? Uh, the wingless sprints. The wingless sprints do not work together. No, they're now. Can you help that situation out, Gary? You think? Well, actually, you know, to be real honest with you, when I when I started the sprint series myself, uh, if you go back and look at all the emails and all the nasty talk that was on there i tried to sit down with actually i tried to make a tire deal with lenny fuglio with the pbra and i tried to sit down with the uh with michael rudolph to try and put everything together so we're not booking on top of dates and everything else and the tire deal kind of went so it was you buy them through tbra and uh, that's why we went to american we had american race tires at the time we couldn't get hoosiers because they wanted to charge us the same thing as tbra so we, we couldn't make any money on that uh, when we said try to put a meeting together with Michael Rudolph and them, uh, we put it on the table about three times, and uh, so let's go have dinner, let's uh, talk, and Don and I put put that out, and never came about. And then after about the second race, the Michael Rudolph and TBRA they join hands together, uh, which I ran with uh, Central Florida's Wingless Sprints for about three years, so I knew the operation inside and out what the do's were, what the don'ts, and a lot of things were said. Well, they had never put wings on and this and that. They hated the TBRA, and they joined forces this year. And now I guess they're kind to, uh, they're, they're cutting each other's throats at the present time. Uh, they, they don't want to run each other's series, uh, series together now. So, you know, uh, I read a bunch of stuff online, uh, and Bobby and I answered it, and we got blamed for stirring it up, but actually if everybody goes back to USA uh, TBRA program message board, and they checked the first email. It wasn't written by uh, Bobby or I. It was written by a, a Sprint fan. And any time that I write a uh, thing on a message board on anybody's message board, I use my real name. I don't need to use a falsified name, and Bobby uses his real name. We don't have falsified names. We never will, but we, we uh, put thought, and you know, we, we talk what we want on there, and we tell the truth. Well, it seems to me that what all that happened here is that uh, Lenny Puglio is president of the TBRA, doing everything he can, rightfully so, to look after the best interests of uh, the club that he's the president of, uh, may have made just a, I mean, I just look at it like he may have made a, just a rookie mistake here. I mean, uh, it, you, you know, it's never a good idea, even though, you know, the people who race in the TBRA don't just race in the TBRA. They can race anywhere they want. They're not contracted in any way where they have to just race in the, in the TBRA. And, and when you, you know, try to, you know, maybe diminish the other racing wingless sprints, I mean, in order to help the TBRA, that really doesn't help the TBRA in the long run because the drivers are free uh, free thinkers, and they're pretty much going to do what they want to do. Well, I, I agree on that. No, and and I, you can't, I, you I, can't I, discourage I, people from racing at a racetrack because – that's not a good thing, regardless of the reason. That's not a good thing, regardless. This isn't the first year that, you know, the uh, TBRA drivers have taken uh, the wings off and ran, ran non-wing. You know, uh, when, I'm, when I ran with the other series, uh, helped promote the other series and sponsor the other series. You know, there was TBRA, took the wings off, ran with the sure. non-wings, and uh, it's been going on for years. Uh, it's nothing new just because a new 
series started this year, uh, you know, Don Dream started it. Maybe two two people tried to, uh, you know, put a game plan together to put, uh, you know, Mr. Don Reams out. But, uh, you know, through when we started the series and uh, each each race, we ended up with, end up with two more cars. You know, I can remember when we started, I think our first race we had six. Next race we had ten. I think the last race he had 16 or 17. Every, every race we end up with two or three extra cars. And so the series has been growing from the start. So, so as, a, as a promoter yourself, let me ask you this. The, the, re, the reason, and, and I talked to Lenny uh, Puglio earlier, uh, you know, or last week, actually, during the week, and we talked for quite a while, and, and you know, he told me all, all of his feelings about the whole thing. And, you know, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with, with the, the way that's done. I don't, don't think that's – I understand there's no ill intent, but I don't think it's a good thing promotion-wise to – to try to steer people away from tracks, but his main, the thing, the way it was communicated to me is his main thing is he does not want to see the purses diluted because the other classes race, the other divisions race for less money. And he doesn't want to see the TBRA purses diluted by the other classes. Now, isn't that, I mean, not with, notwithstanding how he tried to tackle the problem, isn't that a legitimate concern? It's a late model, super late model thing. It's the same thing. You got late models and you got super late models. They look exactly the same. The fans don't really know the difference, but the payout structure is different. But Very you don't you don't see any late model drivers worried about that the pay structure is going to get changed. Would you confer, concur with that, Gary? Well, what I was told by some of the experts in the business, I don't know that much about sprint cars, and if there's anybody out there listening that would like to radio, you know, call in. I've been told the reason why the TBRA uh, purse was always higher is because it, it's more abuse and there's more wear and tear on the car with a wing that you wear your shocks out quicker. So in other words, you have to make more money for running with a wing on because you have to replace the parts faster than a non-ring. That's the way it was explained to me when I first got into wing, wing sprint. Okay. Nothing, nothing's going to happen to their purse, okay? Yeah. That's the thing that Lenny needs to realize. TBRA is a great, great series. That's right. Has been forever. It's Absolutely. top of the line. Absolutely. It's, it, nothing, I mean, you don't have to worry about some other wingless series uh, disrupting the TBRA. I it's, was just going to say. It's too good. There's no wingless series, okay, that can put on the same show that the TBARA puts on. Okay? No. But. Hey, you, you just got to promote it, promote it right. Put your shell on. Uh, go back to the basics, the way the way it was done before, and uh, keep. You shouldn't you shouldn't have any problems. Keep whatever. Keep the races scheduled on different days and not on the same day. And uh, I know that there's been some effort to make sure that's done. I know that for a fact. And, so. and there should be. Like Don Rain, we we've canceled two races this year because uh, so they if other dates were put and we cancel hours to be so those we aren't weren't booked on top of uh, other dates. We, we we've tried. Uh, but we're at we're at the limitations now that you know if everybody wants to just stop putting dates on, we're just going to keep our dates and the best man wins. See, but that uh, it, it, it can't stay like that. Though, yeah, you definitely can't, uh, that isn't keep work working either. on it. Keep working on it because I think that I think that what's going to happen is the racers. You know, if you talk to all the drivers and you could actually talk to the drivers, each one of them that has a wingless sprint car, I don't think that. I don't think that they really care, Gary, where they're racing, okay? Well, they they don't, but the idea is, is if we book a date and somebody puts it on top of it, they're going to the closest. We're South Florida and some of them live in North Florida or whatever. They're going to go to the closest track with, right. with the days with, with each cost. 
but in all reality, with with three series, it's like this, you know, six, seven tracks in Florida. You know, uh, races go to their closest track where where the money is or what what they want to do. But with sprint cars, with a series, if TBRA books a date, uh, Central Florida Wingless Sprint book a date, we book a date. That means the sprint cars can race three times a month if they want to race at three different locations. That's what it boils down to. Let the racer race where they want. TBRA doesn't want to race every week because the series doesn't have it that way. But if the right. racer, what we did, we opened it up with racer can race more than once a month. Right. And sprint cars. And, you know, I think given just like what Jack said is that thinks it maybe was a rookie mistake, and I think uh, given to him to do again, I don't think that he would put put it in the same words. And I think what we'll do is when we go to break, we'll play – uh, we might be able to do that. We might not. But I'll tell you, we do have to go to break because we still got to talk to Mike Peters. And, uh, and I wanted to play the actual uh, clip that I heard. But we can't do it. Technology will not allow us to do it right now. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. We got to run, buddy. But I, I thank you very, very much for uh, filling us in, especially on the fact that you guys actually uh, started the, the Sprint Car Series and not Don uh, Ream. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was scary. A lot of people, I, I, I lot of people don't know that. Charlotte County Motorsports Park, on uh, October 18th, we have the 100-lap ASA race coming to Charlotte County Motorsports Park this year also. So. All right. All right, Gary, uh, take it Thanks, easy. Man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and um, uh, have a good time with Charlotte County Motorsports Park and uh, let us know what's going on, all right? All right. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, any information you need about Charlotte County Motorsports Park, check it out at charlottecountyracing.com. If you want to find out more information about the wingless sprint cars, go to... Oh, boy, I really stuck my foot in my mouth this time. What is it? I don't know. One of them. One of the wingless sprint cars. CFSseries.com. Check that one out. And, uh, you know, TBARA.com. You know, I want to make sure that people realize I'm not trying to, you know, be negative about the TBARA at all. Um, I just want to keep positive, everybody keep a positive attitude when it comes to talking about, you know, their series and then other series that it might be mixing with, you know. And, uh, you know, I... I think deep down, Lenny, he doesn't care where these guys race, but I want to make sure that, you know, that their purse is protected. And I think that it, it, it will be. I don't think that that should even be a question because of the fact that you know, TBARA and their series that it is is a premier um, series when it comes to sprint car racing. And, and I, I don't think it's going to be uh, – I don't even think that he should be worried about the challenge. You know, it's one of them deals. It's nah. like It's like NASCAR worrying about – you know, super late models in Florida. Exactly. Just as Mike Peters and Tanya Mogel from Volusia, Mike from uh, Ocala, of course, got together. Yeah, they worked their differences out. They, they? they got together, put together uh, the, one of the bigger local non-national events here in Florida for uh, Sprint Cars this past weekend, and uh, they had a show at Ocala. Do we have Mike Peters on the line with us? Not yet. We we got we got to we got to talk to the winner from Volusia first, Bryn uh, Gone. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, he beat the wild the man. He beat you, the wild man. You, you won the second night, huh? Yeah, I was I was giving him all I had on Friday night, but he was just better than me Friday night, and then I ended up crashing in lap traffic with four laps to go. But 
I did have to pass him on uh, Saturday night and and still beat him. So he being Gene Lasker, did did he stick his arm out there and try to keep you back? <laughs> no, no. Actually, he, uh, him, and about everybody else in front of me plowed through the ruts, and I just snuck around against the inside wall and drove by them all. Now, uh, how much racing experience do you have? Uh, this will be my third season racing. All right, and uh, you've basically just been racing sprint cars on the dirt. Yeah, I, well, uh, when, when I first started, we were running with the USCS, and we ran pavement and dirt. But last year was the last time we ran pavement. The ASCS had uh, three pavement races, and I won the first one, and Kenny won the other two. And that was it for their pavement deal, which I don't really miss it anymore. I like the dirt better anyways. Kenny being, uh, this is your uh, secret weapon there, right? The mentor that you have. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Adams, yep. What, what's your relationship to Kenny? Um, he's my stepfather. Gotcha. So is he? he's kind of helped you get this whole thing going over the last few years? Yeah, I've always, uh, once he started racing for Red, um, then I started helping them. I finally got old enough to, to be smart enough and know about it enough to get interested in it. And uh, so I, I went and followed him and Red around. So obviously being around the two of them, you can learn a lot. And uh, and then when we got the Goodson deal, that's when I pretty much started doing it for a job. And, and then I think it was a little bit after um, Mr. Goodson passed away, I started begging Kenny and begging Kenny to let me drive. And he let he would he came up with a deal where whenever we went to a track and there was a low car count, we'd pull the spare car down and I could you know, ride around and do a couple laps and take the green. And after about two or three times of doing that, then I really started pestering every day. And we had a, a car in the shop that was half built, and he told me whatever whatever that car needed, if I bought it, I could start racing. So that money was money well spent, I can guarantee you. Well, it sounds like uh, that you came uh, not the easy way into racing anyways. At least he made you work at it a little bit. Yeah, he's. Kenny's definitely one of them people where, you know, he doesn't want anything given to you. you got to earn it, which I'd rather it be that way anyways because, you, you know, you appreciate it a lot more and you learn a lot more that way. Now, another person that Kenny is really familiar with would be that pesky Gene Lasker. He knows him very well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, they know each other pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They race quite a bit against each other. I remember many days over there at East Bay uh, seeing them run against each other. So tell yeah, tell us about the event over there at Volusia. Um, you had a uh, pretty pretty good field of uh, sprint cars and some good competition. Yeah, there was there was 39 cars and uh, you know, all the stout guys Lasker and Bruce Durden and uh, Matt Kurtz and Gavin Thomas and Tommy Denton ended up not bringing his car the next night because he had some problems at Ocala. But you know there was there's plenty of tough guys. Yeah, where did you start in the race? Uh, I started fifth inside third row. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get the lead? Um, we had uh, the first start ended up becoming a complete restart because someone flipped, but. On that start, I came out in third out of turn two. And then when we had the complete restart, Matt Kurtz, who was on the outside front row, he had a bolt fall out of his steering, so he had to go to the tail because he went in into the pits and fixed it. So that moved the outside row up and put Bruce starting fourth and Lasker right next to me. And on the start, Danny Jones in front of me stumbled or something and didn't go, and Lasker got the jump, so... 
he was already ahead of me. And then I finally got by Danny Jones coming off of four and went down into one, and everybody plowed through all the, the ruts again and bounced up the racetrack, and I ended up coming out coming out of two and second behind Bruce. I could see all that. Must have been exciting, man. I, I could yeah. see that in my, as you were describing it. Must have been wild. <laughs> yeah. I, when we were riding around before the feature started, I was um, just riding around the racetrack trying to find out where the ruts weren't, and I could tell that there was just enough room between the ruts and the inside wall and to a smooth racetrack to run on. I just told myself no matter how slow I had to go, that's where I needed to run because I just knew everybody was going to be running through the ruts and bouncing up the racetrack, and that was just going to kill them. And sure enough, it just worked out perfect for me. All right. Good planning, man. <laughs> yeah, Kenny and I had a nice little talk before the race, and we both agreed that the race was going to be won by the guy who made the least amount of mistakes. So I just tried to stay as focused as I could and run as good as I could. And Kenny was standing on the four-wheeler about three-quarters of the way down the back straightaway, letting me know how close uh, Bruce was to me before he dropped out, and then let me know how close Lasker was to me. So I knew how many chances to take in lap traffic. And, you know, I, pretty much the whole time I had enough distance where I could keep my head together. All right. So where are you racing next? Yeah. We're going to Lake City this weekend to run another limited race. All right. Well, that sounds good. I appreciate you taking some time to talk to us here on Inside Florida Racing, Brandon. And, uh, um, hope you get another win this weekend. Uh, now, you got some sponsors you want to thank? Yeah, I got to thank. I got to put a big thank you out to Kenny Adams for giving me, you know, this opportunity and a race car to drive. And I really got to thank Dale Nettles for the limited motor. He's been helping me out a lot here lately. And, He's been the reason why I've made these limited races, so I really got to thank him and thank uh, Robert Potter with B&W Enterprises and Chubby Shiraki with C&B Mushroom Farms and uh, Doug Shaw with Shaw Racing Chassis. Well, all right. Sounds like you knocked them all out. Um, I appreciate you, like I said, taking the time to talk to us, and good luck with your uh, racing season this year. Thanks very much, and thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Brent. All right. Take it easy. There you have it, Bryn Gaughan. He was the uh, winner on, uh, was it Saturday night? Saturday night. On uh, Friday night was won by uh, Mr. Gene Lasker. And uh, this was the Ocala on Friday night and Volusia on Saturday night. And we're going to get Mr. Mike Peters on the phone, the uh, head honcho, the big cheese, if you will, at Ocala. And uh, I want to talk to him and see what, his synopsis was of uh, the big event and uh, what he thought about it. And uh, he got to uh, have Big Gene come over there and check out the uh, dirt job that they did on his racetrack. You know, uh, ever since uh, Ocala's been a dirt track over there now, uh, haven't heard any complaints from uh, Mr. Peters. He's always been very excited Always excited, always happy since they put dirt all over the place. Uh, do we have Peters on the line? We we do, indeed. All right, I'm ready to hear a promo. What's up, Mr. Mike Peters? Man, it's so good tonight to tune into the Internet and listen to some dirt racing for a change. That's right. And for you, it's not a change. It, it's just how it is, right? That's it, man. So, uh, you know, uh, we talk about tracks, you know, and promoters trying to do things together and it sounds like that the uh, with the nice lady over there at Volusia that uh, you and her pulled off a pretty good weekend for yourselves. Absolutely, it was a seamless fit. It worked. 
We had some skeptics out there, but it came together nicely. Uh, we had 38 sprint cars at Ocala, and they had either 37 or 38 at Volusia. I think it was 37, uh, which was still a really good number. We had some uh, accidents at Ocala, which I was a little worried or concerned that it might take some of them out of the running for a Saturday night show, but they still had the same number of cars over there. So that was, that's a real good thing. It, it turned out to be a real good deal for us, uh, Volusia, and the drivers involved at the same time. So uh, you got to meet the king of promo, uh, Gene Lasker. What would you think about me and Gene? I'll tell you what. I was impressed, man. Uh, I appreciate all the drivers out there. Uh, Some of them lose sight of the fact that we're in show business, and we're here to put on a show. (laughs) And let me tell you something, man. That guy drove his wheels off of that car. At the end of the race, he gave the fans 10 or 12 donuts in the infield in a sprint car, which you don't get to see too often. He got out of the car. He did something with his steering wheel. Didn't even want to talk to Scott on the microphone. He walked up to the grandstands in front of everybody in the stands and rolled his hand and then bowed for everybody there. They were all going crazy. And then he walked over to the fence and shook some hands. And, you know, a real piece of showmanship and a uh, little bit of show business at the same time. It was real funny. And it was uh, The fans got a real kick out of it. We, we expect nothing less from Mr. Gene. Yeah, he's got hey, some I fans. It, man. He's got fans that love him and even more fans that hate him. But when he wins, buddy, let me tell you, he rubs it in all of them's face. You know, I met him at the uh, American Sprint Car Series race, but I didn't put two and two together. I thought he was a pretty cool guy when I met him at the ASTS race because I was out walking around the track after practice, and he came out and wanted to look at the track and was asking me questions about it, asked who I was, and I told him. He said he had raced there years before, and I was concerned it was you know, was going to get rough for the guys that night, which it didn't. Uh, but when I told him that, he said, man, the hell with it. He said, that's going to separate the men from the boys. Let this thing get as rough as it wants. I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's true, man. It's one thing, Gene, he can back it up, man. He'll come out there and drive the wheels off of it, man. He's always been a good wheel, man. So so what did you learn from this whole experience here, working with uh, Tanya over at uh, Volusia and putting this event together and successfully pulling it off? What are the, some of the key things that you learned? Well, number one, I learned. You know, the old saying, if you build it, they will come, man. Put together a decent race with a decent purse at the right time, and they'll come. Um, it's real nice. We, we've been working off and on with Volusia throughout the year and, and hope to do so more in the future. And, you know, you guys know me from the asphalt days. That, that invitation is extended to any of the tracks out there. Um, we kind of spearheaded the whole thing with us and Inverness working together on asphalt. When you do a special event like this or a weekend weekend type arrangement, it's a little bit easy and there's not as many intricacies that get involved as trying to coordinate schedules and work absolutely 100% together on a year-on-year basis. Sure. Um, we learned some things about the sprint cars. You know, I, I haven't, anytime we've ever had sprints at Ocala, they always bring their own tech man. You know, you don't really have to look at the cars closely as, as far as rules and differences. Uh, so being that we try to combine the FSCA cars and the East Bay cars. Um, we got thrown some curveballs there at my place, uh, you know, before the races and as the cars were being looked at by tech. Uh, but we got together with the drivers, and Tanya was there, and we all got together and kind of sorted through it. And, you know, there were some compromises involved, but everybody worked together, and we made it through, and we didn't have any tech issues at all at the end of the night. Um, and they're just things to learn on in the future, you know, things that we can improve and, 
you know, the next time we do this, we'll know ahead of time what to expect, and we'll know, you know, we need to take a closer look at this or address this particular item or topic. That's cool. Well, you know, it's always a learning process, and uh, that's one thing, you know, since you put the dirt on there, it's been a learning process for you. But, you know, what I was saying when he brought you on the phone before you got on there is that, you know, we used to talk to you, and you used to be down all the time. Now, every time we talk to you, you're always in a good mood. So if the dirt's done one thing for you, at least it's put you in a better mood. I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the product we provide every week, you know. Uh, we had a great night Friday night, great fan turnout, standing room only. We had a great car count. Uh, I was a little disappointed in the overall uh, performance of our end of the show. It ran later than normal. We, you know, I like to focus on a three-hour show. When you come to Ocala, you can see as much racing and as action as you possibly can in a three-hour period. You're going to go home and look forward to the next time. We ran probably later than I have in three years. You know, we had a couple accidents that, that slowed things up a bit, but, you know, that goes with the program. And you said uh, at, at some point, I, I think you, you've said that people have gotten, drivers have uh, and fans have gotten used to the fact of uh, on dirt, the, the unique shape of the track is actually turned around to being from a negative maybe to a real positive. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest pieces of feedback I get from the fans uh, that are with us on a weekly basis and, and also that come in for special events or special shows. The unique shape of Ocala, particularly on dirt, makes for some very exciting uh, racing and, and some very racy races, you know. Uh, I mean, if you sat down and turned four bleachers and watched Gene come around the track when he came around three and four, it looked like there was no way possible he was going to negotiate getting around turn four because he was high going into three. He was high all the way through the corner. And with only five or six feet left, I mean flying, with only five or six feet left from hitting the wall, he threw that car sideways and matted it and was down the front straightaway. But literally every corner... You were hanging on the edges of your seat waiting to see if this guy was going to come bouncing off the wall or not out of turn four, and he just never did, you know? Yeah, them sprint cars look like they're on ice skates anyway, man. They're just crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, what else, Mike? What's what? going on? What's coming up? Yeah, what's coming up? Two weeks, we got the Opal Wheel Modified Fall Brawl. Nice 1,500-to-win modified race in October. We're putting on our own 3,000-to-win. Lids off. Late Model Spectacular. going to be a lids-off race. We're hosting it on our own. When's uh, that? Huh? When is that? That's Halloween night. Perfect. Yes, <laughs> nobody else in the States racing uh, late models that night. Perfect. Sean Smith will be there with his lid off. There you go, man. We're going to see we're gonna see him up close and personal. Uh, November, we got the American Sprint Car Series coming, and then towards the end of November, I'm going to present the state's first Florida state hobby stock championship race right all right mike that's going to be a barn burner guys speaking of burning the barn down we're done man we're out of time we got to go thanks for having me thanks no problem we'll talk to you again bye there you have it mike peters with ocala speedway the dirtiest place in florida well you know you know you know and he loves it rob we're going to do something different let's hold this uh thing we know who the August Pandora Jewelers Driver of the Month was. We know who it is. Yes. But I think we should wait 
till next week yeah, when, so we CC's, can get when CC's here and we have some time to spend with him because it's kind of special. Yeah, we're, it will be a good one. Uh, folks, don't forget, fancy work, custom embroidery. If you need uh, any uh, embroidery done on any of your driving suits or you need some work shirts for your company, you want everybody to look good on your sports team, softball, baseball, whatever, fancy custom embroidery. Check it out. Fancy, F-A-N-C-I-W-O-R-K-E-M-B-R-O-I-D-E-R-Y.com. You want to be you on this give show? Give a phone call, 863-990-0064. Tell them Bonehead and CC sent you. They've been a great sponsor of the show. If you'd like to sponsor Inside Florida Racing, get a hold of Jack. Send an email to feedback at realracingusa.com. If you want to be a guest on this show or have a guest suggestion, feedback at realracingusa.com. Com. And for any of your negative comments, please send them to robelting at AOL.com, R-O-B-E-L-T-I-N-G.com at AOL.com. Send all and I'll listen letters. to it. I'll listen to it, but, yeah. you know, our complaint department is, I don't know how to put it. Send uh, all the love letters to CC. Yeah, CC at, CC at, CC at, um, uh, just Kicks go, Country. Yes, uh, just go to Kicks Country. Just listen to the radio tomorrow. She'll be on there and call her up and say, Hi, Cece. Where were you last night? Folks, we got to go. Inside Florida Racing, same time next week. Maybe you never know. You know, it could be a leak. <laughs> Who knows? Have a good time.